So our topic tonight is five ways to rock your homeschool. And here's what we're thinking. As we shake off the sand of summer and get started with the homeschool year, each of us could use a little encouragement. It's a little shaky sometimes when we get started with the new homeschool year. And nobody knows that better than us. We've been at this for a lot of years. And sometimes we're just a little rusty, even in the studio here. You know, we've been talking about sharing some outtakes. This was us just trying to get some recording done tonight. At the homeschooling IRL dot, at the homeschooling IRL, the homeschooling in real life web, at homeschoolingirl.com. That's not what I wanted to say. Dude, seriously. (laughs) You were so close. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, so you laugh at me? I'm doing this one more time. If you can't hold it together. (laughs) I'm doing I was doing fine. Yeah, so she's laughing over there. She's the one. I'm not looking at her. If I look at her, I will laugh. Well, don't look at me. Well, then stop looking at me. <laughs> Do you see what I mean? Even we struggle to get it right sometimes. This is homeschooling in real life. From the Ultimate Homeschool Radio Network, welcome to Homeschooling in Real Life, the podcast. I'm Fletch. And I'm Kendra. As veteran homeschooling parents, we discuss topics that tend to divide and distract Christian homeschoolers from each other and the gospel. On the Homeschooling in Real Life podcast, we promise to be honest, transparent, and witty as we uncover what it means to homeschool in real life. Firm Films and Sony Pictures Animation present The Star, the fully animated story of the first Christmas told through a whole new set of eyes. Bo the donkey and his stable of animal friends follow the star to become some unlikely heroes. That light, that's the star. This is where it's been leading me. What's his name? His name is Jesus. The Star, now playing. Rated PG, parental guidance suggested. More information is available at thestarmovie.com. Tired of the names that homeschoolers get called, like cup stackers, soap makers, vegetable co-op participators, people who can read. I'm just tired of the names. Just can't we just get along? Hey, that was Tim Hawkins. That guy's funny. He's very funny. He likes. I like people that poke fun at homeschoolers. <laughs> we poke fun at homeschoolers. That's probably why I like them. We uh, we have a kind of a different show now. We don't have a guest on the air with us. But what do we have? Us. And a guest in the studio. Oh, yeah, we do. We do have a guest in our studio. We have an international guest in our studio. So this is an international night? Yeah. Everyone, cue up the national anthem for New Zealand. So we, who do we have with us? We have one of the best hurlers ever, Angela Taylor from New Zealand. Because when it came to being a supporter of HIRL, Homeschooling in Real Life, she decided to come to the studio. Yes, she did. So uh, that's enough of the New Zealand music. 
But she's in the studio with us just watching us record tonight. That's kind of a, we should sell Creepy. tickets for this. We can do a, <laughs> here's the deal. We'll come to you if you'd like us. And this would just be a good time to plug that Kendra and I are willing to come to your convention, your conference, your homeschooling event, and we'll record an episode of Homeschooling in Real Life in front of you live. Wouldn't that be fun? Yeah, we actually do have some events already scheduled for 2015, but we're not telling those yet. No. And you know, the funny thing about this is, you know, it takes like double the time to record an episode. So people would get all the outtakes (laughs) that they would love to hear. Yeah, and we've had some people actually ask us. We've had a few people email and say, really want to hear your outtakes. And we say, yeah, no, you don't. Yeah. So what do we have for our listeners tonight? (laughs) We are talking about five ways to rock your homeschool. And actually, this episode started with us just talking about um, our own choices and the things we've done over the years. We thought maybe we'd we'd talk about that and share that with our listeners. And all of our hurlers out there might think we're nuts or might get some ideas. Yeah, we we wanted to call it a real practical episode. Right, we did. That was the working title on the great homeschooling in real life spreadsheet. (laughs) (laughs) There's a Google Doc. Yeah. And so for for months, we've been referring to this as, oh, the practical episode. Yeah. And tonight, in like two minutes, we titled it just by you standing at the whiteboard. Yes. Five ways to rock your homeschool. We're going to talk about five main ideas that have really kept our homeschool afloat, I think, for the last 17 years. And we'll get we'll get real practical. We'll talk about curriculum and, um, you know, just day-to-day stuff. But we are hoping overarching goal for this episode is that your family would find some freedom in these because all too often, as you know, Fletch, we homeschoolers like to tell each other what to do. Right. And we're not going to do that tonight. No, we're not. We're just going to well, share. We are. I do. I tell people what to do all the time. I know, but you're a Keep dentist. listening you to can. Homeschooling in Real Life. Go to <laughs> iTunes. Leave a review for us. I do that every week. And brush your teeth. <laughs> all right. Stay tuned. It's going to be a great show. All right, hurlers, we are making some headway here at Homeschooling in Real Life. We have surpassed the 20,000 download mark, and that's because of you, our listeners. But here's where we could use your help. If you would be willing to go to iTunes and look up Homeschooling in Real Life, if you go to iTunes, store and search podcast, Andy, Kendra Fletcher, Homeschooling in Real Life, you're going to find us. If you would leave us a review, and I would recommend how many stars, Kendra? Five. Five stars. Five out of five. Right. Yeah, so I would recommend leaving five stars for us and a comment. <laughs> it helps our ranking go up and we can become uh, reach more people uh, through the iTunes podcast store. That's right. All right, so here we are in the studio talking about five ways to rock your homeschool, the practical episode. Yep. Uh, let's start with maybe just our philosophy of homeschooling. So let me just ask you some questions. Okay. And you can go quickly back with me. You bet. Um, why did we start homeschooling? We started homeschooling uh, because we had this very precocious four-year-old who uh, was bright and curious and not real self-controlled, which I realize is pretty much every four-year-old boy. But I just thought this kid is going to be bored in in a kindergarten classroom and let's, you know, let's try to give him a leg up. So... Uh, very, very cautiously, I did not want to be a homeschooler. That was not in my plans for my life. Um, and, but, you know, knew that this was probably going to be a really good thing for him. So we began homeschooling and that was in January. He turned five in March and by May he was reading 
he would have gone to kindergarten in September. And I realized even more over that summer that a kid who was bright and precocious and in trouble and was already reading was just going to be, it was going to be a disaster in a kindergarten classroom. So we kept him home for kindergarten and then, you know, it was, well, we'll do first grade and well, maybe we'll go to third grade. And then he actually graduated from our homeschool. Okay. <laughs> graduated high school from our homeschool a year early. Yeah. So did we go into homeschooling for purely religious reasons? We did not, but I think very, I mean, if we're going to be honest, very early on, we sort of got sucked up into uh, some of the rhetoric that is that bounces around homeschool, uh, the Christian homeschool community. And did we go into it for purely academic reasons? Yes, at the time we did. Okay, so, so we have kind of a mixed bag there. So mm-hmm. our listeners that are listening to us, Christian homeschoolers maybe, or, or non-Christian homeschoolers, we just need you to know, we had... You know, we had uh, reasons based on our faith. Yeah. And we had um, educational-based reasons. Mm-hmm. Uh, we had practical-based reasons. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, really, literally, it was easy to homeschool rather than get sucked into the school system. Yeah. And that gave us a lot of freedom mm-hmm. to do what we wanted to do. Yeah, we recognized that right away, that not being on the school schedule was a good thing. Okay, so now let's fast forward to 2014. We're getting ready to do this episode. And I told you, I thought it'd be a good idea to let people know philosophically where we're coming from. Okay. So that, I mean, they may not be coming from the same place we are. Right. So if we were homeschooling today, Mm -hmm. would we be doing it for reasons of faith? Well, we are homeschooling today. I know. But if we were starting, (laughs) if we were were brand new, would would we be saying, hey, we're doing this because we are, well, let let me say it, we're afraid that our kids are not going are going to be exposed to things outside of the Christian faith in the public school system? Well, I think there's a little bit of that. I don't think it's fear as much as it's saying, um, you know what, we want to be the primary voice in these young lives um, and to talk them through a lot of those issues from a biblical worldview. Uh, you know, you and I are not afraid to broach the hard topics with our kids. And we talk about all of the sticky things. And, and I'll give you an example so you know what we mean. We live very near to San Francisco. Our kids are exposed to a lot of liberal ideology and lifestyle choices um, just by going into the city for a you know a tourist day. Um, they've been to museum exhibits that have homosexual themes and stuff like that. We have these conversations. We're not afraid to to have the conversations with our kids. Yeah. Um, so, and we talk. We often talk about uh, liberal politics and things that are that are not, you know, classically an evangelical Christian uh, response right. or view. Sure. Yeah. I mean, you throughout the news spectrum. Right. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. We want them exposed to to what is being said and talked about and thought all over the world, um, and so. You know, that that fear is really not a factor for us right now. Um, However, again, I love that my elementary students are in our home and we are walking through some of those subjects that are being introduced to them with a biblical worldview. Okay. And and so philosophically, that's where we come from. Mm -hmm. So now as we go down this discussion... We just want to know people that that's our starting point. Right. So if you are listening to Fletch and Kenj and thinking they're Christian homeschoolers and they're off the grid and they're homesteading out in the middle of the country, <laughs> you know, growing their own food, slaughtering their own animals. And uh, we, any, we any did other slaughter a chicken once. Do you remember that experience? Oh, it was horrible. I'll tell that story some other time. I mean, if you really <laughs> want to know, you have to ask about it. But, 
Okay, so we have broken this episode down into the five ways to rock your homeschool. Now, these are ideas we came up with. Uh, The first one being planning. Mm -hmm. The second one being starting homeschooling when you want. Mm -hmm. Uh, third, Third item being toss the junk. Fourth one being having real expectations. Yeah. And the fifth one, just the statement of saying, get help. So let's jump right in. Okay. Uh, let's talk about planning or this idea of a planning weekend. Okay. Yeah. Well, here's the thing. I, I've written this blog over at Preschoolers in Peace since 2006. So we're almost at nine years here. And the strength of that blog, or the, the reason I think it's had so many steady readers over the years, is because I'm sort of a planning junkie. You know, I'm just this organized goofball. And so that idea of planning something, whenever I speak um, and do workshops at conventions or whenever I write about that, I really believe that planning is going to be the key to some peace in your homeschool. So I feel strongly about this, number one. Uh, That's not going to look the same for every person. Some people love a really loose flowchart. But you know what? A really loose flowchart or some sort of an idea of where you're going during the day, that's a plan. So it doesn't have to be, you know, the... the, uh, the Excel spreadsheet that's all color coordinated, which I do have, but it doesn't have to look like that. It can just be in your mind, on paper, where we're headed that day or where we're going to be going this year in our homeschool. What do they call that in the public school system? Scope and sequence? Yeah, I think so. Or they actually have a, um, like in in college, they had a syllabus. Right. You knew where you were going to be at about what time in the semester. Right. And you know, there's a biblical idea behind this, which is without vision, the people perish. So what is the vision for your homeschool this year? And you can grab something as broad as what do we want to accomplish overarching in our home? Um, for us, it would be that our kids love God. I mean, really, yeah. that would be the biggest thing that our kids walk with God. And so we can't we can't make them do that, but we're going to we're gonna walk incrementally with them in relationship with them and point them to Jesus. You know, if you think back to that episode we did with Linda Dofino about, yeah. you know, when, when tragedy hits your homeschool, you know, when tragedy comes or when a challenge comes, this is exactly what we do naturally. We regroup and we say, well, what's the plan going to be for the rest of the school year? You know, because our daughter was run over by a van or right. because of this major illness uh, that mom has. Um, or dad lost his job, mm-hmm. you know. So we're just saying, we'll do that naturally from the beginning. That's a way to rock your homeschools of planning. Let let me talk about the practical aspect. Okay. Wives, go grab, grab your husbands. If they're not <laughs> listeners, share an earbud. If you're sharing an earbud, go ahead and give them a kiss. They'll be much more willing to listen. <laughs> um, no, you know, when I think about planning in our house, um, and we're not doing this as much anymore because we're kind of dialed in, but we... You know, we used to take a planning weekend, right. and that would be when you'd go away with a girlfriend. I would still love to have a planning weekend, just FYI. Uh, okay. So, anyhow, uh, <laughs> no, we'd, a planning weekend, which was when? In the springtime or no, early summer? Yeah, we typically did it maybe in June. Yeah, and the idea was to get away and kind of plan. The, now, that wasn't philosophy. That wasn't what are our goals for the school year. That that had already been established. Right. Now, this was the brass tacks. What are we going to put into place? It was. And so she and I would um, we'd get away. Sometimes uh, we would just go to her home and her husband and kids cleared out, you know, or just sort of stayed. Yeah, or his office because they had office a killer copy machine. Right, exactly. Or um, we actually... I believe we actually did go away someplace fun. I can't remember. Well, I'm that's what I was old. saying. The goal was, I, I was talking about the 
get away. Yeah, it was get away because she and I would bounce ideas off of each other and we would we would take that time to say, okay, this is what we're doing in English. Do you think this is a good idea? You know, and she would say, yeah, but maybe you want to try this. And we would do the actual planning stuff. We would photocopy things. We would get things into binders. We would get, you know, the sheet protectors purchased. And then we would go out to dinner. Yeah, so, you know, dads, homeschool fathers, my 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 friends out there, this is something to provide for. Uh, if if you haven't done it yet, I guarantee you it's a gift to your homeschooling wife to give her a weekend, to give her time away. Secondly, and, and you already kind of talked about it, but even after you did that, right before the school year, we had a couple really cool uh, nights where we would photocopy and put together binders and we would plan out the year again. And now this is where you've taken all that information and you've laid it out for me as the dad who's gone for 12 hours a day. And you've said, hey, this is what we're doing in history this year. And and I knew what we were doing in history because I yeah. was photocopying and putting it into binders. Right. Or this is where we're going with math or, or language or whatever. And we kind of went through each kid. Um, great night to um, load up with chocolate, coffee, uh, <laughs> whatever your drug Ice of choice um, and But get away with your wife. I guarantee you it's a good experience. And then finish up with dinner or celebrate or pray for your kids as well. Now, I loved to go through their binders and write notes to my kids that <laughs> yeah, they would they then to find, find them. <laughs> throughout the year. So, you know, middle of January doldrums, they would uh, find out a little note there that says, tell mom that she's beautiful, you know, love dad, or you're doing a great job, um, things like that. <laughs> um, so yeah, that's uh, one way to rock your homeschool, planning. Plan. Have a plan. Would you like to sponsor an episode of Homeschooling in Real Life, the podcast? Just go to our website, homeschoolingirl.com. All the information's there. We'd love to partner with you. So number two might be a little seem a little odd to some people, but really the idea of starting and homeschooling when you want. And the, the idea behind this is you have the freedom to do whatever you want. And if I've heard it once, I've heard it a hundred times from homeschoolers who say, I pulled my kids out of school and I thought we were doing school at home. So, you know, from people who had, who, who set up little, uh, classrooms in their home where they, they bought the little school desks and they had the blackboard and they had the, the globe flag and in the, the flag. Corner. Yeah. yeah, exactly. The Pledge of Allegiance every day. Right. And then they realized, whoa, this is just such a different paradigm. You know, homeschooling can look so much different than that classroom setting. So give yourself that same sort of freedom in terms of scheduling. Now, I always tell this story of um, my best friend has eight children also. And I know we are just those crazy people. And she is homeschooled. She's actually the one that wanted to homeschool in the beginning. And I was like, hmm, have fun with that. But she, at one point, several years ago said, I, I really want to get my older kids' schoolwork done. And so she would wake them up at 4.30 in the morning. And they would school until 7 a.m. when the little ones got up. And they were done. And I, I was just so impressed by this, but at the same time, I was like, yeah, it's never going to happen here. Never. And so that's what worked for her. It was beautiful. You know, those kids were done by 7 a.m. The little ones got up. They were able to take walks, read aloud, play. You know, older kids maybe had a few little independent things they were doing on their own of schoolwork to finish up. But she could then concentrate on the little ones and not have to worry about the school stuff. That's what worked for them. At the same time, 
I was doing it completely differently, trying to take advantage of nap times in the afternoon. So I would put those little ones down and we would just dig in and get schoolwork done. And we weren't done till 5 p.m. pretty much every day. And that's what worked for us. So can you free yourself up this year to, to create um, a flow, a schedule, a starting time, an ending time that works for your family? Because you might have a husband who's on swing shift. You might have a husband who's in, you know, who's in the police force, who works four days on, three days off, that kind of a thing. You may have a work schedule of your own if you work um, in or outside of the home as a homeschooling mom you know, free yourself up to make it look like what it needs to look like for you, including the fact that maybe you're not going to start this month or next yeah, month. Yeah, so that's where I was going to get in. I was going to say, we almost, um, I, you, they almost got a little sneak peek into the homeschooling in real life, poor communication. Because <laughs> <laughs> I was thinking of something completely different in this situation. And that was not, you know, how to homeschool during the day or how to, but it was starting when you want. And I, I actually have two quick things. One was, I gave an announcement in church last week. And you weren't there, were you? No. No, you missed church last week. I did. Oh. You were traveling all over the state with our, our New Zealanders. Because right. now we need to be truthful. We're recording this in two parts. So what we started with, with the New Zealanders in the studio, they're no longer here. <laughs> um, so anyhow, I was doing an announcement in church. And I had said, hey, we're back to school. And that meant that youth group at church was starting up. And then I winked and said, unless your homeschoolers like the Fletchers, um, we're not back to school yet. And I'm very traditional in that when we were growing up back in the 70s and 80s in school, uh, summer started at Father's Day and finished at Labor Day. And so I kind of like that. And I know Kendra does. I, if you, if homeschooling in real life, uh, hurlers, if you don't know this, Kendra loves the beach. So to take more beach time during the summer is never a bad thing. Um, but I can remember, and this is the second story, I'll put up the, the copy of that blog post I did on the Mango Times. Uh, if you ever remember that one I did about, we were coming back from the hills, or back from the beach, and we were going through the hills um, on the, the coastal mountains there, and we had a van full of kids, and Kendra was just like on the verge of tears because she had to start school and summer was coming to an end and there were no more beach trips and there was no more pool time. And, and I looked at her and I just said, are you kidding me? I mean, this is why we homeschool. We can start whenever we want. And I think we put it off another month. We did. I, I actually was heavily pregnant. I, yeah. That was probably the year that I was due in December and it it was sort of undoing me. And it was, you know, less about wanting summer to end and more about like just feeling like summer was ending and I was still tired from the year before. Yeah. So um, I remember when you said that, it was like this light bulb moment that totally changed everything. And I was ready to go in October. It was great. And don't forget that, you know, some people are like us. There are a few kids that don't finish schoolwork in the (laughs) school year and they're doing schoolwork through the summer. No, we don't have any of those. (laughs) So, I mean, in in some situations, we're homeschooling through the summer and then it's time to start up again. Yeah. Which, you know... It's a bummer for them, but they probably only, I think each of them has only done that once. So number two, (laughs) numero dos, start homeschooling when you want. Yes. That will rock your homeschool. To book Fletch and Kendra for your next event, please see the About Us page at the Homeschooling in Real Life website at homeschoolingirl.com. All right, hurlers, the third way you can rock your homeschool is to toss the junk. And by this, we mean curriculum. Right. 
you have to keep your kids. They're not yeah. junk. And I, what else would people want to toss? <laughs> Who wants to toss their kids? <laughs> um, oh, I know. Happy Meal toys. That can go. Yeah. <laughs> and okay. as far as I'm concerned, Legos can go. No, Legos are expensive. That's I an know. investment. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> so anyway, by tossing the junk, we don't necessarily mean cleaning things out. Although that is a huge, for me anyway, that's a huge... Um, mind freer. I can't do visual clutter very well. So when I see junk all over the house, it drives me crazy. So tossing curriculum though. Yeah. But so, um, tossing the junk really means if something isn't working for you, let it go. And if you have purchased a curriculum and you think, okay, this is going to be, this is going to be it. Like, this is going to be the, this is what's going to be, the, the curriculum is going to teach my kids to really be fabulous writers or whatever. And it ends up being a dud, you know, a couple months in. Sell that puppy on eBay. Yeah. Let it go. And I talked about this on a, on a homeschooling dad episode I did a while back. Dads, um, relax. You know what? It didn't work out. And we realized it was part of a budget. But... Sometimes you need to regroup and go a different direction, you know, and, and sometimes you, you, if you're, are you going to force your family through a curriculum for the year just because, doggone it, we're going to do this curriculum and your kids hate it and your wife hates it and everybody's miserable because you spent $16 on a piece of curriculum? Let it go. Buy the next piece of curriculum. Yep, I agree. Um that's kind of a quickie. Is there anything else you want to say about that one? Well, I think there is a flip side to this. Uh, and people often ask, when do you know, you know, or how do you know when to stick with something? Um, and I don't think there's an easy answer to that. But I will tell you that there are a couple of things that I think are fantastic that have been have been great for some of my kids. And some of my kids have sort of dragged their feet through and will just persevere because I think this is something that they need to learn. For, uh, for example, uh, I do think that the rod and staff English for junior high ages, like the seventh and eighth grade level, um, all of their English is great, but that that level right in there is such good meat and really teaches them everything they're going to need to know to be f- really good readers and writers and communicators. That um, that I'll just make them plug through it, uh, even though some of mine have like, oh, you know, I got to do the rod and staff English, but uh, I just think the benefits outweigh their moaning and groaning. So, you know, there are times when you're going to do something like that, but if you as the teacher are realizing that this is something you're dreading because you can't stand it and your kids are dreading it and they're distracted and nobody's really learning anything and it's get rid of it. Just get, let it go. Uh, Point number three, toss the junk. Hey, this is John Wilkerson from the Wired Homeschool over at thewiredhomeschool.com. You're listening to Fletch and Kendra on homeschooling in real life. All right, let's talk about our point number four, Fletch, which is having realistic expectations. I think there's a difference between having goals and realistic expectations. So do you understand what I mean by that? You can have a goal that says, you know, our goal is to get this child reading by the, by the end of his kindergarten year. But make sure your expectations match reality. And by that, I mean, maybe that kindergartner, especially if he's a boy, isn't really ready to be full on reading a chapter book by the end of kindergarten. So if your goal is to keep plugging along, so that he can be a good reader by the end of kindergarten, 
great. That's a great goal. But don't get disappointed if if your expectations aren't met because he's just not ready. Yeah, and I'm gonna I'm gonna also play the other side of this card, which is um, maybe you got into homeschooling because of a another family or you saw some older kids. So people look at the Fletcher family and they say, okay, they have eight kids and wow, they're being homeschooled. And man, their older sons are so bright. They engage so well in the public arena. They're, you know, their, their sons are delightful to have in conversation. Their daughters have been great babysitters. That thing they did produced these kids, <laughs> that homeschooling or, or whatever mm. they did produced these kids. Therefore, we have these expectations of our kids and we're going to homeschool them and expect the same results. Now I'm sharing this. We had a family that we used to sit behind in church and man, these kids were so well behaved and they, they just were seemingly so perfect and, and they were, I mean, from the outside looking at it, they really were. And then I remember getting into homeschooling and my expectations were high and Oh my goodness, it was years into it. I'm like, why are these guys not doing the same? That family had all girls. And (laughs) (laughs) our first three were boys. Right. And they were all boy. And they were playing hard. And they were crashing bikes. And they were teasing one another. And and quips and sarcastic jokes at the table. And and boogers and farts and the whole nine yards that, that little boys encompass. Well, my expectations were so high because I was basing them on something that was unrealistic. Mm -hmm. And so again, lower those expectations based on who you are. That's one. Second thing is expectations based on the year at hand. Mm -hmm. I mean, if like that year, my wife's pregnant, we have five kids Mm -hmm. uh, and that puts the oldest one in, he would have been 12 or something like that, you know, uh, sixth grade, fourth grade, (laughs) second grade, you know, the expectations just need to be, we're going to get through school. Yeah. The best we can every yeah. day. And we already talked about that means dishes don't get done. Mm-hmm. So there's so many aspects to this expectations. Look at what you have this year. Don't compare yourself to other people. Mm-hmm. And compare yourself to what God has on your table right then. Right. That's what I mean by expectations. So there was this parenting curriculum in the 1990s that I think a lot of us remember that taught us to teach our children to say yes, ma'am, and yes, sir. Well, we tried that for a long time, and uh, our kids just never did that. So (laughs) I would say, and I still to this day will say, hey, I need to know that you heard me. So some sort of an acknowledgement of what I said to you is, you know, basic etiquette. Just say, okay, mom, yes, you know, I heard you, mom, or, you know, okay, mom, whatever, whatever it is for you. But back then, we were trying to train them to say, yes, ma'am, no, ma'am, yes, sir, no, sir. That we live in California. Nobody says this pretty much ever. Yeah. Now, at the same time, my brother's raising his kids in Texas. Those kids so naturally will say, yes, ma'am. Oh, yes, ma'am. No, ma'am. Yes, That's the sir. culture. That's it's the, the culture, culture of Texas. Yeah. Every child is saying that. Every parent is saying that. People talk like this to each other. Sure. And so, you know, here I had this expectation like this was the godly way that they would say, yes, ma'am and no, ma'am. And it's not the reality or the expectation for that, where we live, in our family, our family. Well, you and I don't say that. 
No, I, that's not how I respond to my dad or ever did. I was never required to. Right. And we yeah. don't say that to the sales clerk. We might say, thank you very much or thanks so much. Whatever that basic kindness and etiquette is, we'll say those things. But do you see how silly that is? That yeah, we, we train- throw down a lot of dudes in our house. Yeah. Dude. <laughs> I know. Are you kidding me? I had, right. yeah. So I, again, that's an expectation thing. And in our family, the expectations, we realized very quickly on what they were going to be. Yeah. Okay. So... Fourth one, have realistic expectations. All right, so that brings us to our fifth and last way to rock our homeschool. Just to review, we've talked about uh, taking a planning weekend. We've talked about starting and homeschooling when you want to uh, on your schedule, what works for your family. We've talked about tossing the junk rather than becoming a slave to curriculum that's just not working. And we've talked about uh, having realistic expectations. So this fifth one, uh, this is going to be, again, a topic we've talked about um, on our dad's episode. I was speaking specifically to dads. But let's let's talk about this last one, and we'll probably uh, spend some time here because this kind of has a lot of different facets to it. Mm-hmm. The fifth way to rock your homeschool is to get help. Oh, please, 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 please get help. So the picture that I have when I think of this is the frazzled and frayed homeschooling mom withering on the vine with kids that are that look beaten down. Yeah. Because they're so tired. There is no joy. I mean I can I can have a picture in my mind of a homeschool family mm-hmm. of a is it beguiled? Is that the word? Can I use that word? Beguiled? Bedrazzled. Bedrazzled? Beguiled? I don't know. Kendra's looking up on the computer right now so she can give me a word to use. Worn out, tired. That's just a worn out, tired mom. Um, That's just worn down and unhappy kids. Oh, yeah. And I just look at that situation and go, why in the heck are you doing this? You know, Fletch, we actually have friends who last year the husband said, "I, I want you to be done homeschooling. I want my wife back. Yeah. And that's okay. I mean, that's a that's a great, you know, valid choice for them, but that's no, the I, kind of thing I we're talking that, about. Yeah, that's exactly it. I mean, I I let's just start with we have a couple things listed here on our whiteboard and we're going to just going to talk about them one in a row. So we're not okay. we're really not trying to be uh, uh technical as we do. We just had some ideas <laughs> and we were throwing them up on our whiteboard. Um but the idea of a personal day. Yeah. Um I know for you that's what? The beach. The beach. Yeah. And did I talk about I think there's another blog post I mentioned where that's not a unit study on lighthouses. <laughs> That's not studying seagulls. That's not right. marine life. And let's go That's to the tide pools. That's a book and a chair and some sunscreen. Put your feet in the sand yeah. and wiggle your toes and kids have a ball. Yeah. And this can be different for every mom. Obviously, not everybody has access to the beach or even wants to go to the beach. But if that's a mountain stream, if that's your backyard popcorn with the at sprinklers Target. on, if that's popcorn at Target, absolutely. Yeah. yeah, whatever that is that you can clear your head. And, um, you know, I'll say this right now. Our youngest little guy is in a special ed classroom this year in a public school. Yeah. Um, in a, it's a, you know, this is a, a circumstance that we thought was just an excellent fit for him. Maybe we can talk more about that in the future. We will. We'll yeah. talk more about that. But he's, you know, he's our little mighty Joe with a lot of special needs. And um, I was looking at their little calendar for the year. There are a lot of personal days for the um, teachers, for the teachers, in service sort of things. You are a teacher. You are, you've got a classroom, mom. And so, Give yourself license to take those personal days. I learned this far too late. Um, that is great. And, and 
you just need to do that. It it should probably be mapped into your schedule. Yeah. Um, and and don't be ashamed to do it. Absolutely. Not. I mean, you're not going to be behind. You're taking a day. Mm-hmm. And please, like I said, don't take. I mean, we said we're not going to tell people what to do. I'm telling you what to do. Don't take curriculum to the beach. Don't like. <laughs> don't make your kids read. Look out the windows on the ride there. Yeah. You know. <laughs> that we're talking about the beach again, but you know, just disengage from the curriculum and homeschooling and just have fun and love on them. Um, you know, second thing we have listed is, uh, again, what I talked about with the homeschool dads, household help. Right. If you can find a way in the budget to free up a few dollars. And if you need household help, get it. Yes. It's not a failure. Oh, my goodness. I mean, that's more what no. I want to say. It's not a failure right. to get that. And I, I would encourage you, if if you have a computer, which you probably do because you're listening to us, um, go on PBS and look at, what was that show about the house back, the 1930s house or oh, yeah, they, the Victorian that house? Oh, yeah, series, yeah. There was a whole, we'll, we'll put that in the notes. Um, but there was this episode, like turn of the century, and there was a nanny, and there was a baker, and there was a... a a maid and there was a butler. There was all this household servants that was just part of the culture. Mm-hmm. We don't have that anymore. We don't have that in Western culture. And I don't understand why, because they certainly in other places in the world. It's still I mean, going on. Right. When, when my brother and his family lived in Ecuador as missionaries. So, you know, we're not talking a, a huge income. They had household help, daily household help. Now I understand it's a lot cheaper in other places sure. in the world. And, and I just don't want to hear someone writing in and say, well, I have a dishwasher. Okay, granted and agreed, we all have dishwashers. Yeah. Most of us do. If you don't, then I'm not singling you out. Right. Uh, <laughs> but, you know, those those are the modern household help. No, mm-hmm. we're talking about people that come in and actually help. Right. Get yourself some household help. And I think what we're trying to get at here is that this is freeing. It's freedom. You don't need to have all of this pressure on you if there's a way that you can have help. What I think might be the difference in other cultures as opposed to American culture or um, Western culture is that when there is any extra money or there is room in the budget, it goes toward household help rather than stuff. And I think we Westerners go, you know, we're saving up to buy the next television or we're saving up to, to buy a bigger home or whatever it is. We need to get in the mindset as homeschoolers that sometimes we're going to need help, and that extra money is really well spent on somebody else who can pick up in areas of your home. So what we have seen in our own home is it frees me to do the better things. Right. So I could have you know this amount of time every day to clean, to do laundry, to get meals done, to... Um, manage my children and uh, supervise and be the um, administrator of all these things to actually hands-on teach, to get them places where they need to go, to uh, to do the other things in my life that God has put on my plate, which would be writing and speaking and podcasting. Who can do all of those things? Not one person. And so it has freed me to do the things that only I can do. And really, a good manager in business does this as well. Yeah. A really good business manager says... I could do all of these things that it takes to run my business, but other people can do aspects of it just as well, if not better. So maybe that's the idea here is saying, is there a way that we can have somebody or something like a dishwasher do an aspect of the jobs better than or as well as I can to free me up to do those things that only I can or want to do? Now, I need to acknowledge, I understand budgets and I understand the economy that we live in today. 
and we in no way are saying this is a requirement. We're just talking about things we have seen. Remember, we started with our philosophy, and we said philosophically, this is where we're coming from. You notice there during that intro, we didn't talk at all about private school being an option. You know, we philosophically have chosen to homeschool. Now, part of how I have kind of penciled this out was, well, if we didn't put our kids in public school, what were the other options? And the other options were private school, you right. know, most likely Christian private school or uh-huh. or some, you know, we even talked about the, the local Catholic school for the classical education mm-hmm. aspect. However, we penciled out what that budget would be. And it is cost prohibitive to put eight kids into private school. Yes. Or it would have been. Right. Um, And so I often look at household help as, I'm not paying for private school. It's cheaper than private school. I'm going to invest some money here. And that's really how I've had to think through some of these, because I don't naturally think to say, oh, yeah, let's get a a housekeeper, let's get a a kitchen uh, helper, or let's get some child care. All right. Uh, so, you know, that's the idea of getting, getting household help. Yeah. Um, do you have something else you want to say? No, not about household help. I was just going to take us into our next one, which would be, we wrote on the board counseling and, you know, I don't know where sometimes a stigma comes up in this in Christianity. I think this exists sometimes. Um, but if your marriage is struggling right now, if you have kids who are needing, uh, some extra help in counseling through some hard issues in their lives, Go for it. Yeah. Get free that it up. up. And, and we'll even have some resources on our blog. Um, the CCEF site has some great resources for counseling. But don't be afraid to admit you just need to talk to someone. Um, when we're talking about getting help, it's okay to get help. And I think what Kendra said, the idea of marriages in crisis, we have seen so many marriages in crisis. Um, I, I would, we're going to have a topic, I, I think. I think I can go ahead and say this online. We're going to be talking about um, homeschooling and the sex life of homeschooling parents because this has come up time and time again that marriages are tanking because they're just wiped out in the issue of intimacy mm-hmm. with one another. So we'll we'll get to that one. So if you need marital counseling, do it. And like Kendra said, if your kids need counseling. Um, lastly, just to kind of wrap all this up, it's this idea that um, Christian homeschooling families, when you look at your budget, um, I hope it's not something where dad holds the purse strings and mom's having to ask the banker for money. I hope this is a, a decision you've made together. But I would just encourage you both to free up your budget and take away from things you don't actually need. And there's a lot of that in the American society. Um, we talk about it a lot in our family that we just don't need this. Mm-hmm. You know, we just don't need uh, television. Mm-hmm. We just don't need um, a budget to go to movies. We ju- we just don't need it. We want it. You can and we grow like up it. in America without ever having gone to Disneyland. Yeah, you can. <laughs> and people tell us that all the time. But we love going to Disneyland. So, um, but you know, those are the things. Free up the budget to uh, to get some help. So those are our five ways to rock your homeschool planning. Starting when you want, homeschooling when you want. Tossing the junk that's not working, having realistic expectations, and just getting help when you need it. Is there anything else you want to say to wrap that up, hon? I think I'm just excited that we're starting a new school year here, and I know a lot of our listeners are. 
We're hoping that we bring you some freedom and knowledge that you are free in Christ to do what he's called your family to do the way your family does it. So that's our episode for tonight. We hope you liked our five ways to rock your homeschool. We think they're pretty good ideas. We'd love to hear back from you. You know you can reach us by going to our website, www.homeschoolingirl.com and sending us an email directly through there. You can find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash homeschoolingirl or you can tweet to us at Homeschool IRL. We love to hear from our listeners, so drop us a line, let us know what you're thinking, send in any questions you'd like for us to answer or suggestions you have for a show or just any feedback you want to give us. Now for our next episode, we are gearing up in the Fletcher House to send our second son off to college. So we're going to do an entire episode called Sending Your Kid to College. Now what we're going to do is real fun. We have about, I don't know, 12 hours there and back in the car. So we're going to live interview in the car we're going to talk about what it was to prepare a kid for college. We're going to talk about what the experience is like dropping him off, choosing a college, and then maybe a little bit even on what to expect now that they're away at college. We think it's going to be a cool episode. So that's two weeks from now. Don't forget, we've changed our release time, Monday mornings, 9 a.m. Pacific. You can go directly to our website or to the Ultimate Homeschool Radio Network and get our uh, latest podcasts. Also, if you just want to subscribe on iTunes, we will come directly to your listening device. You don't even have to do anything. We'll talk to you next time. The Homeschooling IRL podcast is a production of the Ultimate Homeschool Radio Network. For more information on this podcast, to contact your hosts, or to connect with Fletch and Kendra on social media, Visit us on our website and blog at homeschoolingirl.com.